Welcome to Where Passion Meets Truth by Shield Sisters Initiative. We are two best friends who co-founded a community for women entrepreneurs who want to live their passion and embrace their truth. I'm Raywin, a self-love coach obsessed with coffee, mustaches, and all things community. And I'm Megan, a truth-seeking super nerd with a passion for mental health, books, and mindset. Each month, we'll bring you a couple of guest interviews, goal-setting tips, and mindset-changing topics to guide you on your journey of living your passion and embracing your truth. This week, we have Tara Bosler on as our guest. Tara is a copywriter and content creator for creative women entrepreneurs. She is in love with her precocious daughter, her nervous dog, writing engaging sales copy, and hot, hot copy, which I think is pretty elusive when you're a mom. Thank you so much for having me on today. So how we usually start out, Tara, is we really just dive right in. Uh, We like to keep our podcast to about 30 minutes, so we don't like to waste time on small talk because with the two of us, Megan and I, that small talk could turn into an entire podcast episode. So we would love to hear what your passion is or a little more about what your passion is and what your truth is, and how you found those two to come together. So, my passion definitely is bigger than my kind of elevator speech for my business. That is working so that women can be empowered and learn to kind of empower themselves I spent a lot of time teaching, studying and teaching in the women's and gender studies realm, and that passion carries over into what I do now, which is helping women to grow their businesses. So I I do have a weird love for sales copy, and the reason for that is that's kind of the exact thing that helps women grow their businesses, you know, build, launch, grow their businesses. And a lot of women don't like writing it because they've been taught to, you know, be small and quiet and polite and sales copy can be none of those things. So they don't really love doing it. Um, But I do. And I love being able to say, you know, this is why this woman's awesome. And, you know, that way her business grows, hopefully exponentially. That is awesome. I love how you've taken your passion and your truth, which is to empower women, and you found that one spot where you could do something to help them. And it's way more actionable than just guiding them. You're actually creating for them and you're taking what's in their brain and turning it into what they need for their businesses to grow. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really it's fun to have kind of hold the space for them to talk to me about themselves and their business and their passion and what lights them up. Uh, Because all of that is in them, they just have trouble translating it sometimes to a page um, or a page that they have written. Um, And I I love to kind of be the conduit for that, that I get to be the transition from, you know, that passion that's inside of them 
to bring that passion to their clients and, and ultimately to the world. Now, something that I know about you that I wanted to make sure we spoke about on air was that you are a mother and you're a feminist and you're raising your daughter as a feminist mother. And I, that's really important for me to share with our audience because I, a lot of the people we've had on air and that we connect with, they all want to empower women, but they all do it in a different way. And so I love hearing... Um, other people's real life stories on how they empower in their day-to-day life and not just in their business. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, actually. And when I was teaching women's and gender studies, I talked about it constantly, which probably my students probably didn't really care about because they were not parents yet, most of them. But I I love bringing that into my parenting Um and I, I do it in, in so many different ways, um, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, embracing who you are no matter what that means. And so something that really kind of um, threw me a little bit when I first found out I was, uh, well, when I first became the mother of a daughter, um, I worked hard to have like all kinds of options in terms of toys and clothes available to her so that she wasn't kind of forced into this um, ultra feminine girly thing. And it turns out she's ultra feminine and girly (laughs) without, you know, uh, anybody kind of pushing her into that. That's just who she is. She, she puts on a dress and she immediately just kind of instinctively twirls. Um, She loves pink, pink sparkly things. Um, and so it was actually a little bit of a challenge for me to, um, embrace that because I was like, oh gosh, you're like conforming to like these gender norms and expectations. Um, but the thing is she wasn't because she had all the options available and that's what she chose. She chose baby dolls over, um, play tools. She just, she had those options available and what she chose to, um, tended towards feminine. And I think part of my uh, feminist parenting is helping her to embrace that femininity when the world around her um, does not. Uh, And and helping her to figure out how to be feminine and powerful and how you can still learn to be strong um, in a sparkly dress. That super speaks to me because I think that I was more or less right in the middle as that kid. Like, I am, if you, if I take the, whenever I do take the androgyny test, I always find, find myself right in the middle. I am super girly. I love to get dressed up and do makeup and wear sparkly things. But then I also love to wear my dresses and do unsparkly things. Um, I think one of the things that's really, like, the phrases that really captured that for me is that I have always had this desire to skateboard in a pair of high heels, which are just two completely opposite things. And so I love finding mothers and women who support other women in that because they don't have to realize, or they realize that they don't have to be 
fully powerful or portray this persona of masculinity in order to fit into that space where you are a powerful leader. Yeah, I so agree because I think we we far too often conflate gender with gender expectations. Like powerful has to mean masculine, strong has to mean stoic. Like that it doesn't have to be that way. Um and I love that she is that she has given me that challenge because it's opened my eyes. I mean any any kid, <laughs> excuse me, that comes into our lives as mothers um or otherwise challenges you. Um, and I love that, that it's been such a fun challenge to say, you know what, she loves, um, she loves these super feminine things and she is smart and strong and funny and kind and, you know, she is all those things. And, and I just love that I had the honor of giving her the space to explore those things and, um, to own them all as part of who she is and and celebrate all of those things as part of who she is. I think that celebration is probably the most important part of this. Not only should we be celebrating our children and who they are, no matter um, what their personality traits are, but I think that this is something we can also take and celebrate the people in our lives who are not our children. We can celebrate our friends, our business partners, even strangers. And I think that that's an important step that everyone kind of learns to make as they pursue their journey of their passion and their truth. Because when you start living in that spot where you have both and you're fulfilling both, it's easy for you to celebrate someone else because you want them to find that feel-good feeling, too. Yeah, I think that's something I I am blessed to have in my business world, especially, is that there is there's space for all of this. I'm, I'm really blessed to have people in my, my business sphere where it's like, you know, I have a lot of other writer friends that we collaborate and we talk to each other and we help each other and we refer to each other. Um, and it's never like, oh my gosh, this person's my competition. Um, so there's, because I think we, we realize, I realize, and the people around me tend to realize, um, that there's space for all of us. You know, there's space for all of us in, in business. There's space for all of those um those identity markers in any given individual um, and to, to honor that and like you said, celebrate that, that you know, there's, there's space for all of us. There's a reason that all of us are here individually um, and we don't need to um, you know, forge that, that space so forcefully because it's already there and we just have to grow into it and celebrate when we see somebody else able to do the same. That hit me like a ton of bricks when you said that we already have the space for ourselves and that it's important that we don't force it because um, I, I can speak from personal experience of really trying to figure out like what my passion is. That's kind of the space that I'm in right now. And I, I'm not really sure. And I can definitely say that I've been trying to force it by, you know, trying out a lot of different mediums and career paths to 
get to where I need to be or where I want to be. And it's exhausting trying to force yourself to fit into a mold that you don't even know what the shape of that mold is. So thank you so much for bringing up the point of just kind of taking it easy and being observant and allowing yourself to just kind of exist and be in the present moment. I think that's a really important um, concept to remember. Yeah, I think that there's there's so much power in, I meditate every single day, um, and there's so much power in doing that and listening to, you know, whatever you want to call it, yourself, your higher power, source energy, God, the universe, whatever. Something is there um, that helps you, you know, understand that. And, and I think that when we don't take time to sit and be and listen, then we are putting us, and I've been in that space. I've been in that space where I'm like, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to try this. No, I'm going to try this. And none of it works. Why doesn't it work? And it's like, because you're, you're doing, you're doing too much instead of being and listening. And honestly, when I take that time to rest and listen and just be, it's like the universe is like, oh, finally, you've stopped for a minute so I can tell you something because I have something really amazing to tell you, but you haven't stopped to listen to it. Um, and I'm not saying by any means that's an easy thing to do, like to sit down and be quiet um, and listen for that is can be difficult. It gets easier. The more I've done it, it's gotten easier. But um, it's not quite... Uh, like it's not celebrated as much as like being productive in our culture, right? Like you see all these like posts and stuff like, this is all the things I got done today. And it's like, oh man, you are kicking ass. And it's like, okay, well, what if I like just listen to the universe for an hour? Is that like, is that cool too? And I don't think we're quite there yet. <laughs> so what would you say would be your tip for someone who is, doing too much and wants to focus more on being because I think that a lot of people have that desire but they don't know how to get there um find the kind of meditation that works for you so I think for a lot of people like the idea of sitting in like a dark room on a cushion and like oming or something like doesn't appeal to everybody um, but like walk, like hiking, like walking in the woods can be meditative. Swimming can be meditative. Um, knitting can be meditative. Anything that puts you in a space where you can listen to, you know, whatever is going to come into your consciousness. Um, and you can stop, you know, thinking about your task list, um, or people like you need to not be distracted by a million you know, small humans that you may or may not be in charge of. Um, and finding out what works for you. It, for me, I think it's it's absolutely meditation. And, and for many, many people, it's something meditative that gets you in a place where you're not, you know, noise is not an issue, whether that's external noise or psychological noise, something that quiets all of that. Um, and if that's sitting on a cushion and, you know, saying a mantra, cool. But if not, you know, find something else that helps you get to that space.
So I'm really big on finding that spot and um, like affirmations and mantras. Those really speak to me. But like you said, this sitting down and clearing your head, those are not things that speak to me. I can do a yoga class and I actually enjoy yoga, but I prefer to do um, like yoga mixed with something else, like yoga mixed with dance because I have so much energy in my body that I can't completely quiet it on my own. So whenever I found myself in a yoga class, I don't get what I think is the full experience because my brain goes somewhere else or I fall asleep. But I've found, and the reason I'm mentioning this is because I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who has found this or who needs to hear this, but one way for me to kind of capture that being and force myself back into the being is to go on a drive. And it's weird because when you're driving, there's so much going on that you have to pay attention to. You have to pay attention to what you see. You have to pay attention to the sounds, the people around you, how they're driving. But if I am driving and I'm talking to someone else, which is not quieting noise at all, right? That's a lot of noise going on. But that is when I can actually clear my head and focus the most. So while meditating might seem like something you can't do, you can still find that place where you can be overdoing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I have different kinds of meditative activities based on what I need. So if I if I feel like my mind is racing too much and I can't focus, like actual like traditional meditation works really well for me. Um, if I am wanting to get clarity on something, that is a hot bath. If I am, if I have too much energy, like you're talking about with um, like yoga and dance, I go for a walk with the dog. Um, and that helps me uh, get focused. And so it's not like the traditional, like traditional meditation absolutely works for me, uh, generally speaking, but I, I've taken the time to really notice what works um, for what I need. So when I need certain things, I know what meditative activity to go to, um, which I think is really important to know that it's not just going to be one thing um, necessarily for each person either. Like depending on what you need for your mind, um, it's going to, it may be a different practice, just like any other, you know, you don't take the same thing for a headache as you do for a stomach ache. Um, it's, it's different. And I think that our, our minds are really complex. And so our responses to what our minds need also tends to be a little bit complex. Something that I think we've talked about a lot on the podcast and just in general is that our lives are ever changing. So like you said, your needs are never going to be the exact same. So we have to always be on this journey of finding other ways that work for us. And I love that you've taken the time to kind of categorize and see where it is that you feel this meditative state when you're 
mind is racing or when you need clarity. Like you recognize that you have different needs and different solutions. And sometimes we get so caught up in the idea of one size fits all when actually I don't think one size ever fits all except maybe um, LuLaRoe leggings because those are pretty, pretty stretchy. But anyway, like I was saying, um, I really think that it's important for us to focus and to reflect and to find those places where we can meditate. So if you had just one tip on for anyone who's trying to find that genius spot where their passion meets their truth and to turn it into something that they can be fulfilled in every single day and whether that's making money or changing the world, whatever it is their desires are, what would you say your tip is? Um, well, I think really learn to listen, listen to that voice, whether in, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, because that's where we have so many external sources of information that are, you know, spouting all kinds of shoulds. And, you know, even in this, I was just talking the other day about the fact that so many people in the entrepreneurial space, um, you know, got there because they don't like or don't fit into the cookie cutter of like the nine to five. And then you get into this entrepreneurial space and there's another cookie cutter, right? There's there's more cookie cutters. And it's like, well, this is what your funnel needs to look like. Well, that might not work. And if you don't take a minute to um, sit and listen, then you're not going to know that. And again, you're going to be forcing. Um, in terms of meditating, something that someone said to me about halfway through, so far halfway, um, through my meditation practice when I was probably in my early 20s. They said, um, the way to know that you've been successful with meditation is that you sat down and did it. And that's it. Like, not that you sat down and did it for an hour or that you reached nirvana, um, but that you sat down and did it. Uh, and I that really has resonated with me for years and years and years because that's all it takes. It just takes showing up. Show up and do your best thing that you can today. And in terms of meditating, if that's, you know, you sit down for two minutes, that's great. There's my dog's ears. <laughs> so, um, you know, and the same thing with anything else, you know, show up and journal for five minutes to find your truth or show up and, you know, say something that you've been wanting to, you know, some, something that's been on your heart to somebody that you love, um, that gets you closer to your truth. Like do the next best thing that you can today. Yes, two things there. Actually, three things. Oh my God, your dog's ears are really floppy. I, we were talking about it before we started recording, and I'm sorry to throw you under the bus, Tara, but I, that was just hilarious. Um, but what I was going to say before is that the word should is one of the biggest perpetuators of guilt and shame for everybody. Um, this concept of everything that you should be doing or I, I, I have to get this done or I should be getting this done, it really makes you feel like garbage when you 
when you think or perceive that you're supposed to be doing something and or that you're supposed to achieve something and then you don't do it it, it just it kind of it just makes you feel like garbage so stop using the word should or I have to and think about it in a way instead of um, of that you want to get something done and that you're gonna feel awesome once you do that and that's a much more positive mindset to have when it comes to achieving your goals or you know trying to you know trying to do something that it that you're interested in um, and then also what you said about being successful when it comes to meditation, I really appreciate that you brought out that point that it, it's a matter of just doing it. It doesn't matter if you sat down and did it for five minutes, two minutes, one minute. If you just, you know, cleared your mind for half a second and then it got bogged down with a bunch of other stuff and then you um, were able to clear your mind again, that's still a successful meditation. That's still you practicing um, being able to really listen to yourself and your consciousness because if you think about it meditation just like everything else takes practice if you say that you want to you know be a marathon runner and you sign up for a marathon that starts tomorrow and you've never run a day in your life that's probably not going to be a successful event for you and you're going to be sore and you're not going to feel good so give yourself grace and take your time with it and really just enjoy the experience for what it is and practice it and know that this is something that's really good for your mind and your body. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason that it's called a meditation practice, right? It's like, it's a process, figure it out as you go, you get better as you go. It's an up and down thing, right? It's not a steady line up. You know, there are gonna be times where it's harder. Um, but yeah, it's a practice and as long as you keep showing up and you keep coming back and you commit to it and you commit to yourself doing it, um, absolutely, it, it will, it will do what it needs to do for you. So this mindset shift and the simplicity of you did it, you sat down and you did it, regardless of how long it takes or how much time you actually, like if you've succeeded at Nirvana or not, this is something I've been really, really working on um, today, especially. So a little backstory on my day. Um, I kind of had a crazy last couple of days just with some annoying things happening. And then I go out to walk take my daughter on a walk and her stroller that's always on her our front porch was gone someone stole it um maybe they thought it was just trash or for donations I don't know but they took our stroller and I have a backup stroller so I wasn't upset that the stroller was gone but I was upset because I was blaming myself for leaving the stroller out and that turned into you know, all of that blame and guilt about my whole day going off and the annoyance and how could someone just do this and blah, 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 blah. And my husband, his response was, well, that's kind of what happens when you leave things outside. And I was like, why would you say something like that to me? And then his next response was, babe, don't worry about the stroller. Obviously, someone needed it more than us. And changing your mind into that one simple switch, it's 
seems like such a big complex switch to go from I'm expecting and have all these pressures on my meditation practice or I'm expecting because I spent a lot of money on this stroller that I, who knows what I was expecting, but it would stay on my front porch um, when it could easily be stolen. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I felt all this pressure and it was pressure that I was putting on myself. But when I switched it to think of maybe someone needed that stroller more than me, or you switch it to maybe I didn't reach Nirvana, but I still put in the effort and tried. That switch is a big one in your head, but it's such a simple phrasing. Yeah, and something that has really switched for me is that that's all a choice. It's all you get to choose. You get to choose what you think about. You get to choose how you think about it. You get to choose how long you think about it. Um, all of that is a choice. And I spent so much of my life letting my emotions uh, make choices for me instead of the other way around. Uh, and that has been a game changer to say, you know, all right, well, if something, you know, frustrating happens, I will give myself some time to process that. And then I will come out of it because I do not have time and I will not, uh, I choose not to use my time um, in dwelling on that. And knowing and recognizing and responding in the truth that you have a choice has made such a big difference. Yeah, and that, like we said, that choice is a giant one. And realizing I feel like that choice is a big, big deal. And once you realize it, your life is so much more fulfilled. Um, we are actually coming close on our 30-minute time marker. And we like to keep it pretty short for our listeners. So, Tara, would you like to share with us any resources or any closing words you might have? Sure, I have my website, which is www.tbosslerwriting.com, and my Facebook page, which is also tbossler writing. And yeah, I just I love that I've been able to come on today to talk through some you know deeper truths than just my business. I love my business, but I I love being able to talk about other things as well. Um, and I've really enjoyed having this conversation. I love all of the work that you ladies are doing to create this space because it's so, so necessary and um, will change the world. So thank you so much for, for having me on here and letting me be a part of it. Tara, thank you so much for joining us. We have absolutely loved chatting with you, especially the um, stuff about meditation and just finding that space and um, really sitting in it and, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself and appreciating where you're at now. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us, Tara. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that 
we brought to you some exciting new ideas and points that will guide you on finding where your passion and your truth collide. We love to see you supported and we love to have our guests on our shows to show you that you don't have to go in one size fits all like we were saying. So again, thank you so much for listening. And if you are new here, please definitely subscribe and rate us. That's going to be the way that new people can find us. And our message really is all about changing the world and creating a community where you can find your passion and your truth. Episode 12 is sponsored by The Blue Optimist. Brianna Marie is a mind shift coach and blogger over at theblueoptimist.com. She has a passion for living freely and helping others manifest the life of their dreams. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.